Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Schutz for ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is the Ready for the Draft podcast, episode 41 of the 2020 podcast series. Wait a minute. The NFL draft has come and gone April 23rd through the 25th. The last 40 episodes we've dedicated to the 2020 NFL draft all the way back in August, really getting you ready for the start of the college football season, all the way through the college football season, taking a look at some of the players to really start to get to know. Once the season was over, we really started into the pre-draft process, getting into the combine, taking a look at who the combine snubs were as we built all the way through, taking a look at the position by position, taking a look at teams and what it meant for each of the teams, taking a look at free agency and what impact it had on each of the teams as well, and then finally getting into the mock drafts, really delving into where we saw the different players going, what were the team needs, what were the draft boards looking like. And then once the draft was completed, we went through our post-draft edition, taking a look at every single draft pick along with some of the undrafted free agents as well. So what's left to cover of the 2020 NFL draft? There really isn't. So there's never too early of a time to look ahead. And really, the last episode of the 2020 podcast series really kicks off things, taking a look forward to the 2021 draft. You know, Really, we're talking about what to expect for the 2020 college football season. I guess the big question is, is are we going to have a season? With COVID-19, everything, all the uncertainty going on, um, you know, is the... It, it, is the economy really going to start opening up? What is that going to look like? You know, a lot of the social distancing, you're not going to be seeing a lot of really large crowds, at least until 2021. What does that mean for the 2020 football season? Are we going to have games? Are we going to have limited capacity to, to some of those games? Are we not going to have any players, you know, or I'm sorry, any fans at all? You know, there are a lot of different question marks that are up in the air, but you know, I think more and more, you know, everyone's pushing towards having a college football season. And, and I think if we do that, you know, these are the players, you know, I really want to cover who to keep an eye out for for that 2020, you know, college football season. I think it really can be a, a special season when it's all said and done. There are a lot of players that are out there that we need to get to know right away because Frankly, these are going to be some of the guys, you know, the names that you obviously want to know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields at the quarterback position, uh, Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle, Gregory Rousseau, uh, talented defensive end. There's, there's Micah Parsons and, and Dylan Moses at linebacker. And, and at the cornerback position, you have Sean Wade, Patrick Sertan, Paulson Adebo. So those are just a few of the names that, that we're going to be talking about. And there's a lot to cover in just a short period of time. So I want to make sure that I'm covering as many players to keep an eye out for as we get into the 2020 season. Look, when we kick off the 2021 uh, podcast series for the 2021 NFL Draft, uh, which will be set uh, next April, I believe May 1st is the last day of that draft. Um, you know, we're going to go ahead and go through a lot of these players again. We'll take a look, start taking a look at some of the top 10 lists. Um, but between now and the start of the season, I'm going to be looking at more game film. I'm going to go back, take a look at my notes as well, and really make sure that I've got you know a, a good jumping off point for my top 10 by position. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into things. And, and who's going to be that number one overall pick? Who is it that everyone's going to be talking about? Look, at the beginning of the season, nobody was talking about Joe Burrow. The year before that, nobody was talking about Kyler Murray. And frankly, even the year before that, Baker Mayfield was not on anybody's radar as the number one overall pick. So it's going to be interesting. Will it be 
Trevor Lawrence out of out of Clemson. I think that's really the the guy that everyone's pegged as the number one overall pick. Look, this past year, everyone was expecting Tua to be that guy. And we know what happened with Tua from an injury standpoint. Hopefully, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, he has a you know not only a productive season, but he also stays healthy. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see whether or not he can be the number one overall pick. Look, you know, this is a kid who who came to Clemson, won a national title in his second year, defending that title, got all the way to the national championship before losing to Joe Burrow and those LSU Tigers. And you know, Trevor Lawrence walks on campus. You know, really was that guy that everyone was keeping an eye out for. And, and this guy's already look, you know, over sixty five percent completion percentage, just under seven thousand yards with sixty six touchdowns and just twelve interceptions. He did double the interception count. Um, you know, from his freshman year to his sophomore year, decision making there were some question marks there at times, but this this kid, you know, there's definitely a sit. You know, if you're talking about a safe pick at the quarterback position, this is going to be the guy. He has all the tools that you're looking for. Uh, tremendous arm strength. He makes next level throws with you know some of his uh, his passes in the pocket, over the middle, um, and down the football field, fitting it through three, four, sometimes even five defenders, hitting a receiver in stride. It's just it's remarkable what you know with that ball placement. Um, you know the arm strength. He can make any of the throws in the in the route tree. And uh, the athleticism, you know, his ability to make plays with his legs, you know, and not only, you know, extending plays, getting outside the pocket, throwing well on the run with accuracy, by the way, and with great velocity, but he can take off and and, and tuck it and run whenever uh, he, he needs to as well. I mean, over 700 yards on the ground and 10 touchdowns. Um, in his two seasons there at Clemson, but is he going to be? The first overall pick. You know, that's really the biggest question that I think everybody has. And look, Panay Sewell out of Oregon, this dude is is dominant, about as dominant and, and about a you know as sure a, a thing at the offensive tackle position as, as we've we've had in quite a while. You know, we've had some down seasons in terms of uh the offensive tackle position, but look, you know, Panay Sewell is one of those generational type tackles in my opinion this is a guy who just has so much athleticism um his ability his his movement skills are are ridiculous um his ability to get out um in front of the 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 running backs um and really be a lead blocker has that powerful initial initial punch you know he, he wins you know there with the at the running game uh below the waist you see him you know really driving that leg drive to really generate uh, a, a ton of movement. You know, um, Mario Cristobal established really a, a new attitude there with the Oregon Ducks and Eugene. And, uh, you know, you've got CJ Verdell, you've got, you know, Travis Dye, you've got Cyrus Ibibilikio, you've got that that trio, that stable of running backs. And Panay Sewell was able to be that lead guy. You know, he got out and was two, three, four, five yards down down the field blocking for these running backs. And then in the pass sets, just so effortless with his his kick slides, with his movements, um, you know, the, the the initial kick step gets excellent depth, takes great angles, um, the the lateral agility to be able to to counter the secondary moves. Any team that's looking for an offensive tackle, and I'm telling you, this is what I, I believe is, is going to end up happening. Is you look at Panay Sewell, and, and mark my words, if there's a quarter, you know, if there's a team sitting there at number one overall that doesn't need a quarterback, Panay Sewell's going there. You know, I, I, unless. 
a team that needs a quarterback ends up trading up for, for Trevor Lawrence. I think Penny Sewell is your number one overall pick. 6'6", 331, you know, the movement skills off the chart. If Trevor Lawrence, you know, if there is a team that, that a quarterback needy team, you know, maybe the Raiders try to make a run. You know, if Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota aren't the long-term answers there for, for Gruden and, uh, and Mayock. Look, there's already a, a Clemson pipeline going to the Raiders. Five Clemson Tigers drafted in the last, last two drafts for the Vegas Raiders. You know, it'd be their second year in the, in the black hole, the new stadium there in Las Vegas. You bring in, you know, the, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know that, that that can make some sense. You know, there's some other teams that could be on the market for for quarterbacks. You know, what are the Saints going to do? You know, with Drew Brees. Um, you know, is Carolina going to be all in with, with Teddy Bridgewater, or is he more of a stopgap kind of guy? I think there are going to be some teams that could be eyeing this as a potential. You know, is Gardner Minshew really the future in Jacksonville? Those are going to be some questions to be had, and I think some of the quarterbacks that might be looking over their shoulder, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Look, you know he's he signed for another two years, but Minnesota just can't get over the hump. Maybe they're looking to upgrade at the quarterback position. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out and what we see as we go through the season. So we're going to go ahead and I think those are really your top two quarterbacks. I'm sorry, your top two picks, um, and we'll jump into taking a look at all the quarterbacks and everything from there. Uh, but I think in terms of a big board, if you're looking at things offensively, the running backs, I think Travis Etienne of, of Clemson, Chuba Hubbard of Oklahoma State, Najee Harris of Alabama, uh, you know, are really your top three. And then after that, you can make some arguments after after the three of them. But uh, just some you know, tremendous, tremendous running backs there. And we had a pretty solid group with, with DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor um, and, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, you know, you had some really, you know, and J.K. Dobbins, some nice talent there up top. This group has the potential to be just as good, if not better, uh, at the receiver position. You know, another stack, you know, what's crazy is you got another LSU receiver, another Clemson receiver, another duo uh, there at Alabama. Um, you're getting another you know, receiver from Minnesota. You know, there's a, another guy out of, out of Ohio State. And uh, USC has not one but two receivers in the fold. But look, you know, there's a there's a receiver out of Wake Forest that's pretty darn good. You know, could have come out coming back for one more season. Um, you know, receiver at Auburn. And look, there's there's little Rondell Moore out of Purdue uh, to really keep an eye on. And then hey, the return of Tylen Wallace after his injury, he's coming back. So there are a lot of receivers to really you know we we talked about the depth at the receiver position, and, and you know we were talking about a lot of big massive dudes: Michael Pittman Jr., Antonio Gandy Golden, uh, T Higgins. Chase Claypool, you know, a lot of big receivers, a lot of big physical guys. And, and this year, you know, I look at it, you know, yes, Justin Ross at 6'4", 205, similar to, to T. Higgins. But, you know, you look at these guys, they're a lot more of the speedsters. The guys are going to get vertical. You know, Seth Williams is a 6'3", 224 uh, receiver. But a lot of these guys, you know, Sage Surratt, he's still going to be a guy that's out on the outside. Demonte Coxey is 6'3", but he's going to be more, you know, one of those outside receivers who uh, is going to rely on some of his speed along with his length. So you don't have these big behemoth hulking receivers so it's going to be a different dynamic. I think that's the thing that is going to be so much fun about this year's wide receiver class is we're going to have some different conversations, and that's okay. I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing how the season plays out. Tight end, man, we got two or three tight ends that could potentially be first rounders. Kyle Pitts out of Florida, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State, Brevin Jordan out of Miami. If you don't know these guys, make sure you watch some film, you know, of of them. Um, 
definitely some talented players. We got five offensive linemen who could end up with with uh, first round grades as well. I mean, offensive tackles. You know, in addition to Panay Sewell, you've got Samuel Cosme out of Texas, a guy who is an easy mover laterally. Um, the athleticism is off the charts. Walker Little coming back off that knee injury that took him out of 2019. He was supposed to be one of the top tackles in the 2020 draft, and uh, you know ended up messing up the knee, so he was out of commission. Uh, Alex Leatherwood healthy, but he decided he wanted to come back to Alabama. I thought that was a smart choice. He can end up being one of those guys that's going to be a first rounder. He was a borderline fringe first, second rounder, probably going to end up you know, moving into that second day. So he has a chance to really redeem himself. Uh, you know, Jalen uh, Mayfield out of Michigan, you know, the, the right tackle. Look, you know, everyone talked about John Runyon and, and Ben Bredesen. You've got Jalen uh Jalen Mayfield out on the right tackle position. Yes, he struggled with some some speed rushers, and you know I, I think there were times where, uh, especially Chase Young was was really abusing him there on the right side. But um, you know this is a guy who definitely has has the length, he has the movement skills. He's someone to keep an eye out for. Um, and even, you know, Alaric Jackson, we can't rule him out as another, you know, the Iowa Hawkeye, the left tackle. He went down to injury and Tristan Wirfs kicked over to left tackle, um, you know, ultimately when he came back. And Tristan Wurst moving over to the right side, that offensive line, you saw a complete difference uh, there uh, up front. And, you know, I think Alaric Jackson has a chance to sneak into the first round as well. Um, guards. You know, we didn't have, we only have one interior lineman with a first round grade. What's going to be interesting is, is how many out of this group are going to be, have that first round grade. Uh, I think Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State is someone to really keep an eye out for. The junior um, was especially dominant there on that Ohio State front. And uh, he's someone to keep an eye out for. Trey Smith out of Tennessee, the guy that everybody talks about, you know, mostly known for the blood clots. But man, you know, this was a guy, he, he started a tackle there with, with Tennessee, kicked inside to guard, and uh, a guy who can be dominant there. He has some good movement skills, you know, struggled a little bit with the speed rushers off the edge at the tackle position, doesn't really have that issue at guard. Want to see him generate a little bit more movement, but man, you know, he's a guy that can end up being a first round talent. And then I'm going to give you another name to keep an eye out for. How about Cade Mays out of, uh, formerly of, of Georgia, now at Tennessee, um, and, and as a grad transfer. And, you know, Cade Mays may end up playing tackle with the Vols, but he's going to be a guard. Uh, 6'6", 328. I think when Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas, you know, didn't play in the bowl game, Cade Mays got a chance to play the tackle position, and it wasn't pretty. He was getting getting beat by, by the speed rushers. So I think he his job, you know, will be protecting uh, the quarterback from the interior of that line. And I think, you know, that's something to where – he could end up being a day two pick, maybe even slide into day one, depending on how things go. And then obviously Oklahoma's junior center, Creed Humphrey. You know, this guy has already blocked for, you know, for a Heisman Trophy winner and, uh, you know, was on the roster there for, for Baker Mayfield as well. But he's blocked for Kyler Murray, blocked for Jalen Hurts. Now he's going to be blocking for Spencer Rattler. Uh, you're going to see him in the running game. He'll be blocked for for, for Kennedy Brooks. Um, I think he's also solid in, in the, the pass sets as well. He's a, he's a former wrestler. We know how wrestling translates to football, the leverage, uh, the, the center of gravity, the balance, and you definitely see that with Creed Humphrey. So you're know, looking at things from the offensive perspective. I think there are a lot of guys that have potential to be day one picks. You can only have so many guys. Only 32 picks can be in round number one, but we've named off quite a few guys to keep an eye out the, eye out for. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, looking at the defensive end and, and the pass rushers there, Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, uh, 
that the, the U six six two fifty one fifteen and a half sacks a season ago as a redshirt freshman. You know the tremendous length. I mean, and their length is ridiculous. The guy who can really bend off the edge. He's someone to keep an eye out for as a potential top five pick. Uh, Carlos Boogie Basham out of Wake Forest comes back for a senior season six five two seventy five. Look, ten sacks this past season. He was really on fire as the season began there with the Demon Deacons, and as the season went on, didn't see him getting into the quarterback quite as much. So that was really kind of cause for some concern. You know, why? You know, why did he slow down as much as he did? That's that's really the biggest worry that I. Have. Have, but you know, look, there, there's no doubt that Boogie Basham is a guy who has the potential to be a first round pick as well. So then we move to the interior of the line, and Marvin Wilson out of Florida, uh, Florida State, was a guy, you know, 6'5, 3'11. Everybody talked about him as being that guy, you know, the guy that everyone's going to keep an eye out for. He was the guy that, that's going to be the next big thing. And Ultimately, he decides he's going to come back to Florida State. And honestly, I, I thought that that was probably the best decision that you know, Marvin Wilson could have made um, because you know, I, I thought he was inconsistent. You know, A lot of the, the big stats when people pointed to, hey, look at Marvin Wilson's stats there at Florida State, I think some of those stats were inflated because you know, of a couple of big games. There were you know, parts where he just kind of disappeared. And that's really my biggest concern is, is – you know, if he's going to be a player that's going to disappear at times on you, you know, that's going to be, you know, really the, the biggest worry. You know, when you have eight and a half tackles for loss and five sacks, but, you know, really uh, six and a half of those were against uh, of those tack- tackles for loss. And four of those sacks, four of the five sacks were in two games, Louisville and Syracuse. And in those games, he was absolutely dominant. Louisville, he had 10 tackles from the defensive tackle position against Syracuse had six tackles. So, a guy who has that potential, but he has to make sure that the production matches the poten- the potential. And that's really, if he wants to elevate his game and be a guy that's considered as a top 15, top 20 pick, if he wants to be Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw, he's got to step up his game. He's got to be more consistent. Um, you know, Tyler Shelvin out of LSU, the mammoth, 6'3", 346-pound nose tackle, uh, a guy who, you know, look, he, he's a space eater. You know, he's someone to keep an eye out for potentially, though, as a first rounder because you can't find too many nose tackles like him. I'm going to give you one more name, a junior, Jalen Twyman out of Pittsburgh, 6'2", 290, interior pass rusher extraordinaire. You know, 12 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks. Keep an eye out for him. If he decides to declare, he's one of those guys who could be sneaky good and end up moving up draft boards into round number one. Linebacker position. I got a few for you. Micah Parsons out of Penn State, 6'3", 245, 109 tackles a season ago. Look, he had 82 as a true freshman. Uh, 14 tackles for loss, five sacks, five pass breakups, four forced fumbles. You know, this guy was the heartbeat of that Penn State defense. You know, you had Yitro Grossmontos, you had John Reed, uh, you had Cam Brown, you had uh, Robert Windsor. But really, the heartbeat of that defense was Micah Parsons. And, and that's the thing. I think, you know, when if Penn State really wants to make some noise, yes, you have Sean Clifford, uh, the quarterback there, but... Keep an eye out for number 11 and see where he is. He's going to be all over the field. That's going to be the guy You know, that's really, if he has a tremendous year and Penn State's defense is firing on all cylinders, watch out, Big Ten, because the Penn, you know, Penn State Nittany Lions will be coming for you. Uh, you know, you've got Dylan Moses there at Alabama, 6'3", 235. He was, 2019 was supposed to be his breakout year. He was supposed to be the guy that was going to move on and be a first-round pick, be the next linebacker, great linebacker to come out of Alabama. And then he tears up his knee, didn't even get to play in 2019. Decides he's going to come back, though. He's like, you know what, I, I want to leave it out there and leave on my terms there at Alabama. And so... 
I, you know, commend him for coming back and wanted to do that. And I'm going to be curious to see exactly what he can do there. Um, you know, in, in 2020, he's going to be the leader that the unquestioned leader of that Alabama defense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see exactly what things do, you know, how he's, um, how he's able to produce there for for the, the Crimson Tide. And then one final name to keep an eye out for, how about Quincy Roche, formerly of Temple, now at Miami. Miami bringing in a couple of grad transfers, 6'4", 235. And look, you know, this is a guy who's been productive in the American Athletic Conference. Now he's moving on to the ACC, a little bit more exposure. You know, 39.5 tackles for loss, 26 sacks, including 19 and 13, uh, respectively, this past season. Six pass breakups, six forced fumbles, Five fumble recovery. So this guy has a nose for the football. Tremendously athletic. He's somebody, if he has a big year, I think you could potentially be talking about Quincy Roche in round number one. And then the safety position. You've got some ball hawks in here at the safety position who are tremendous. Andre Sisco of Syracuse, six foot two oh three of the junior look. You know, 14 pass breakups with 12 interceptions. Had seven as a true freshman and followed it up with five in a sophomore campaign. He's a guy that I think should end up being a lock as a first rounder. Javon Holland out of Oregon as well. 6'1", 196. Uh, a guy, nine interceptions, 10 pass breakups in his career. Took one of those four interceptions from a season to go back to the house and uh you know when you talk about him as a punt returner you know 15.3 yards per punt return definitely somebody to keep an eye out out for for sure and then you got Jacob, jacoby stevens the former receiver turned safety six foot 228 this was a guy who when lsu down the stretch playing in the sec championship and in the playoffs you know, the more you saw this team play, I, I thought the more you really saw Jacoby Stevens come out of his, you know, it's kind of a wall coming out party of sorts. I thought he was one of those guys that really played well for uh, Ed Orgeron and, and company there. And, uh, you know, he was one of those guys. I talked about Patrick Queen, number eight, flashing. In the secondary, Jacoby Stevens down the stretch. Number three was flashing quite a bit back there. Everyone's looking for number seven, Grant Delpit. But it was number three who I thought was really coming on. And he has a chance to end up being the leader of that LSU defense as the defending champion. So um, those are some names of guys, you know. And then, obviously, the cornerback position, I, I skipped over. I went to the safeties. But we have to... You know, I'd be remiss if we we didn't also talk about the corners. Sean Wade comes back for his junior year, and this is a guy who was versatile. He played corner, he played safety because due to injury, and uh, look, 14 pass breakups, four interceptions. This is a kid um, who's, who's versatile. He has good length, 6'1", 194. Keep an eye out for him as well as Patrick Sertan Junior. Uh, I'm sorry, Patrick Sertan the second. Um, you know, I'm, I feel so old now. I remember watching his his father, Patrick Sertan. Uh, you know, at you know, with the Miami Dolphins, but uh, Patrick Sertan, the second, six two, two oh three, the junior, uh, fifteen pass breakups, three interceptions in his career, four forced fumbles as well, um, tremendous ball skills, the length, but you know, not to be outdone. Um, you know, there is uh, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, six two, two oh seven. The junior, uh, 19 pass breakups in his career and six interceptions. Another corner with tremendous length. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, and then Paulson Adebo out of Stanford, 6'1", 190. Burst onto the scene as, as a, a redshirt freshman. Uh, in 2018, four interceptions, 17 pass breakups. This was a guy came in as a highly touted receiver, 
four-star receiver ends up you know converting to corner and this was a guy who seemed to run the routes better than the receivers everyone knew what this guy was all about and uh you know very intelligent player i thought that in, in 2019 he was exposed a little bit you know a guy who was, was gambling and, and trying to to guess a little too much and, and got exposed at times so don't think he was ready to be that, that first round corner just yet but look you know he still has 27 pass breakups eight interceptions in his career Ball skills are tremendous. Excellent length. Paulson and Debo, to me, uh, you know, if I'm Patrick Sertan and, and Sean Wade, um, I'm keeping a close eye on what Paulson and Debo is doing there in Palo Alto with the Stanford Cardinal because, you know, I think Paulson and Debo has a chance to be that number one corner taken in the draft. So those are the guys that I'm really keeping an eye out for at the top of the draft, potentially being those first round guys. Now I mentioned, you know, I didn't mention the quarterback position yet because we're going to jump into things with the quarterbacks, take a look at things a little bit more. How about Justin Fields out of Ohio State? 6'3", 223, the junior, uh, you know, he transferred from Georgia and uh, comes in 2019 as the starter at Ohio State coming in to succeed Dwayne Haskins, uh, 67% completion percentage, over 3,200 yards, 41 touchdowns, just three interceptions, also uh, 484 yards on the ground and 10 touchdowns. Good athleticism, not a great arm. Uh, Decision-making was inconsistent at times. Uh, he's somebody who I think has a chance to elevate his game as well. Um, you know, Ohio State, you know, it's one of those things you, you worry about. You, know, you, you see Dwayne Haskins and some of his struggles early on. Is, is it more of a product of the system? You know, that's one of the question marks that, you know, Oklahoma quarterbacks have right now is, you know, is what, what Lincoln Riley is doing there, um, you know, is it more so the, the talent of the quarterback or is it the system and the scheme that's really uh, allowing the receivers to run free and really hitting these wide open receivers? You know, those are going to be some of the question marks that I think is going to surround Justin Fields. He's going to have to show that he can be an intelligent quarterback out there on the field as well and really captain the ship there for the Buckeyes. Uh, North Dakota State has a quarterback probably nobody's ever heard of. Uh, and I'll be honest, I haven't done a ton of studying on Trey Lance, a 6'3", 224-pound redshirt sophomore. Comes in as a redshirt freshman in 2019 for the Bison. And look, you know, all he does is throw for 67, you know, six, complete 67% of his passes, throws for over 2,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions, and rushes for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. Are you serious? You know, that's a real coming out party as a redshirt freshman. Now, again, it's... You know, an FCS program, so there is that a jump in, in uh, in talent at the uh, FBS level. But you know, with North Dakota State, uh, we already know what what Carson Wentz has been able to do at the next level. So we can't really sit there and, and say, look, you know, this is a guy that just can't get it done. Um, you know, I'm I'm sorry. You know, it's a it's a smaller school. It's just not going to work. Uh, we can put that to bed because we already know that Car- what Carson Wentz has been able to do there with the Eagles. Look, he plays Oregon on uh, September 5th. You know, as long as the college football season kicks off, then um, he'll get to play Oregon. We'll really be able to see what he can do there. That's going to be the most interesting game of all. Is is really you know how does he stack up against a a top defense? You know, a team that has some pretty good corners. Um, that's going to be really the the main matchup, the main game that I really want to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, and I, I think you should as well. So beyond that, Jamie Newman from, from Wake Forest transfers to Georgia um, to succeed Jake Fromm. You know, you had all these other guys transferring out of Georgia because of Jake Fromm, uh, you know, Jacob Eason and, uh, well, Justin Fields. And now Jamie Newman coming in 
as a grad transfer from Wake Forest. This was a kid who I thought, you know, um, I thought he tried to do a little too much for the Demon Deacons. Uh, this is a team that started off the year 8-0, and and they kind of sputtered down the stretch. He really you know, struggled when he lost his receivers, lost Sage Surratt, lost Scotty Henderson. Um, six, you know, 60% completion percentage, just over 60%, uh, 2,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, but 11 interceptions. Got to cut down on some of the mistakes. Did rush for 574 yards, 6'4", 230 pounds. He's a big physical kid, has a decent arm. But uh, again, decision-making, accuracy, those are going to be the big question marks. Can he elevate his game in the SEC? Texas, Big 12 country, Sam Ellinger. Feels like this guy's been around forever. It's really because he started as a freshman, those nine games there with the Longhorns, and uh, really the rest was history. This is a guy who you know plays with with tremendous moxie, a guy that you know is um, a gamer, and uh, you know he doesn't have the, the biggest arm, but you know he's big, he's physical, 6'3", 230 pounds, rushed for over fifteen hundred yards, you know with twenty five touchdowns in his career, sixty eight touchdowns as well, uh, twenty two interceptions, pressed a little bit more. Uh, in 2019, but he's still through for the over 3,600 yards, completed 65% of his passes. He's com- consistently getting better from a completion percentage standpoint. And look, he's losing Colin Johnson. He's losing uh, Devin Duvernay. If he can take this unproven receiving core and really elevate his game and elevate their game because of it, he'll be one of those guys to keep an eye on when it's all said and done. Give you a couple more names as we move on. Uh, Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M, 6'3", 217. Uh, 57% you know, completion percentage in his career, 52 touchdowns, 24 interceptions, has over 1,300 yards on the ground. I thought this was the guy who really struggled, had chances to have some big games, especially against Alabama. Texas A&M's defense was keeping him in the game, and Kellen Mond just could not elevate his game to... Uh, allow the Aggies to challenge Bama in that game. KJ Costello or KJ Costello out of Stanford, uh, moving on to Mississippi State as a grad transfer, and uh, you know he wants to get that exposure not only in the SEC but also as the quarterback for Mike Leach, 6'5", 222 pounds, uh, played in only five games, you know battled injuries as a junior, uh, was highly thought of coming out. Um, you know, into that 2019 season, he's a guy, you know, another big physical kid. Um, you know, he's a, a Southern California guy, uh, went to Santa Margarita high school, which was the same high school as, as Carson Palmer. He'll be one to watch Kyle Trask out of Florida filled in for, for Felipe Franks, who now moved on to Arkansas. Both of those guys playing in the sec, keep an eye out for the two of them. Uh, and then Sean Clifford out of Penn state, you know, six 216 pounds, the junior, um, struggled from a completion percentage standpoint, under 60% completion percentage. He's going to have to work on that. Um, but you know, look, he, he was, he was a big reason why Penn state was where they were. Keep an eye out for him. You know, he's only a junior, so he's somebody who could come back. As is Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota, 6'2", 215. He was a big reason why the Gophers were challenging for that, you know, that Big 12 title. Tanner Morgan to Rashad Bateman, watch that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then Brock Purdy in, in Iowa State, you know, 6'1", 210. You know, it's not often that we're talking about a quarterback uh, with the Cyclones, but Matt Campbell has himself a, a good one there. Nearly 4,000 yards this past season, 20, uh, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You know, he, he's a gamer, not the biggest guy by any means, but he's just a guy who knows how to win. And, and that's a you know really fun trait to, to really follow. Mentioned Travis Etienne, back to back, 1,600 yard seasons, uh, tremendous hands, 54 receptions. And look, this is a guy who was known more so as just a speed guy. 
but he really improved his, you know, the lower body strength, added 10 pounds of muscle, was able to start running over guys. And that's really what you want to see. You want to see him add, you know, more dimensions, new dimensions to his game. The physicality was what I really liked about Travis Etienne. Look, Chuba Hubbard, you know, there's a reason why um, as a freshman, he got all the playing time, you know, and was taking playing time away from Justice Hill. Uh, I asked at that time, you know, is it, you know, was Chuba that good or was it just an issue with, with Justin Hill, Justice Hill? Chuba was just that good. You know, over 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. He has 45 receptions in his career as well. 6'1", 207. I think Chuba Hubbard, you know, is pretty much, you know, he, he could end up being the number one running back in this draft class when it's all said and done. Mentioned Najee Harris, over 1,200 yards on the ground, had 27 receptions in 2019. 6'2", 230, big physical guy. Um, lacks a little bit of a burst, but look, you know, he, he does have some of that lower body explosiveness has that hurdle ability um you know and and i mentioned in you know in oregon they have that stable of running backs the junior cj verdell 59 210 back-to-back thousand yard seasons for the ducks uh, also has 41 receptions to his credit and you know with cj verdell you know this is a guy who has the big play potential a guy who you know when oregon really wanted to lean on somebody and really just pound you know pound the football and just really wear teams down C.J. Verdell was the guy that they gave the football to. You know, this was a guy who uh, you know rushed for 257 yards on 23 carries and had three touchdowns in a, a win over Washington State. You know, when you want to you know want to wear teams down, give the ball to to C.J. Verdell. He's a guy to keep an eye out for. Same with Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State, over 1,300 yards last season. Um, you know, 44 receptions as well. 5'11", 215, can run between the tackles, has a little bit of a burst on the outside, but it's his pass protection. He's one of the best pass protectors in uh, in college football right now. That's that's going to mean something, you know, in today's NFL. So keep an eye out for him as well. Max Borgie out of Washington State, 5'10", 197-pound junior, um, over 1,100 yards in, in his first two years with the Cougs. But look, 139 receptions over the last two seasons. Uh, this is a guy who is a tremendous athlete, you know, especially uh, as a as a receiver. Reminds you a little bit of Christian McCaffrey, one to keep an eye out for in the Pac-12. Jatarvius uh, Whitlow, uh, six foot two fifteen, the junior out of Auburn. Big physical dude, a guy that uh, has some athleticism as well. Um, Trey Regas, he's more of the pounder there at, at Louisiana, 5'10", 218. Um, you know, look, you know, over 2,800 yards on the ground, 40 receptions in his career as well, uh, 28 touchdowns rushing the football. Um, he's kind of the thunder there with, with Billy Napier. The lightning's going to be Elijah Mitchell, 5'11", 217, over 1,100 yards this past season with 16 touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell's kind of the um, the elusive guy, runs with a little bit of power as well. He was the all-around back. You had Raymond Calais, who was more of your scat back, and then you had Trey Regas, who was the power guy, the one-cut-and-go type of a dude. Elijah Mitchell's the guy who I think you know can be that three down back more so than Trey Regis right now, just because Trey Regis, like I said, is more of that pounder, a guy who's going to really look one cut and go, decisive, just get north and south. Elijah Mitchell, he's one of the you know home run hitter anytime he gets the football. Raheem Boyd out of Arkansas, six foot two thirteen, um, over eleven hundred yards for the you know uh, for the Razorbacks. He's someone to keep an eye out for. Look, Trey Sermon out of uh, out of Oklahoma, moving on to Ohio State, six foot two sixteen grad transfer, uh, battled some injuries, also lost playing time there to Kennedy Brooks. Um, Want to see what he's going to be able to do taking over for J.K. Dobbins. Um, you know, he's behind a, a pretty darn good offensive line, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. I mentioned Kennedy Brooks, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for the Sooners. Uh, he's only a junior, but keep an eye out for him, as is uh, 
Indiana's Stevie Scott, 6'2", 231, big, powerful uh, running back. Uh, Puka Williams out of Kansas, 5'10", 170 pounds, back-to-back 1,000 yards uh, on, on the ground as well, 60 receptions, only 5'10", five five 170, so he's a smaller guy, but a guy who I think can definitely be um, you know, a very versatile weapon. Uh, at the next level, and Spencer Brown out of UAB, six foot two thirty, back to back thousand yard seasons in 2017, 2018. Um, wasn't quite as effective. Battled some injuries in 2019, uh, but look, 78 receptions in his career. I'm sorry, that's only 78 yards on. Uh, you know, so he's not much of a receiving option. Just 15 receptions uh, in in his career. I read my notes wrong. And uh, Spencer, you know, Spencer Brown though, he's going to be one of the big physical pounders between the tackles. Um, I think when you're talking about receivers, Jamar Chase has a chance to be a top five pick, really a special receiver, 6'1", 200 pounds, the Blitnikoff Award winner, 84 receptions, over 1,700 yards, 21.2 yards per reception, and 20 touchdowns. He was the go-to guy for Joe Burrow. You know, the question is going to be, you know, can he duplicate that type of effort? You know, he, He's losing Justin Jefferson, losing Thaddeus Moss, but Terrace Marshall is still there on in that receiving core. Um, you know, and you lose Joe Brady, but Steve Emsminger is still going to be there. And uh, Jamar Chase is a guy that can separate from just about anybody. He made AJ Terrell, the 16th overall pick in this past year's draft, look silly. Um, so keep an eye out, obviously, for Jamar Chase. But I mentioned the two Alabama receivers, Devontae Smith, a guy you know does everything. 6'1", 175 pounds, over 1,200 yards this past season, 14 touchdowns. He's not going to be the burner. You know that he kind of left that up to uh, Henry Ruggs and uh, Jalen Waddle, who we'll be talking about in a minute and uh, uh, Jerry Judy, but this was a guy, look, tremendous hands, um, tremendous route runner, you know, kind of did a little bit of everything. And this is a guy, look, against Mississippi, had 11 catches for 274 yards and five, yes, five touchdowns. And then against Mississippi, I'm sorry, against uh, LSU, seven catches, 213 yards and two touchdowns. He's kind of that all-around type of a, a receiver, not really someone who's going to be flashy, but a guy who just gets the job done, always seems to be open, always seems to make a big play. Jalen Waddle, the 5'10", 182-pound junior, was kind of the third receiver in that group. I'm sorry, the fourth receiver in that group as a true freshman, over 800 yards receiving, despite playing on a team with Smith, Judy, Ruggs. Um, as a junior, another 560 yards. Um, you know, very sudden, very explosive as a receiver in the return game, has three. Um, returns for a touchdown, two punt returns, one kickoff return, dynamic in the open field. Keep an eye out for him. I mentioned Justin Ross out of Clemson, 6'4", 205, just like uh, T. Higgins, had 1,000 yards as a freshman, um, 865 yards, eight touchdowns as a a, uh, sophomore. Question is going to be, he's going to get compared to T. Higgins. He's going to have to elevate his game and separate from T. Higgins if he wants to be drafted in round number one. That's the one concern that I have for him. Rashad Bateman, 6'2", 210, the junior look. Vertical threat, 60 receptions, over 1,200 yards, 20.3 yards per reception, and 11 touchdowns. Coming out party for him, Big 12, or I'm sorry, Big 10's arguably best receiver. Chris Olave out of Ohio State is, is one guy who's going to argue about that. 6'1", 185. Uh, you know, you had a lot of guys on the team. You know, you had Austin Mack and you had uh, um, K.J. Hill and you had Benjamin Victor. A lot of guys who are more possession-type receivers, not the burners. They're running in the four sixes, but knew how to get open. Chris Olave was the guy that was going to only receiver that could really get over the top. He's the guy to keep an eye out for. You know, can he duplicate that type of production when, you know, these other guys are... 
uh, are no longer there. These were guys that were able to get open, allowing him to ultimately get that that one-on-one uh, matchups on the outside and able to use his speed. Can he do more than just be a vertical threat? That's going to be the big question. Tylen Wallace was a big uh, was a Blitnikoff Award finalist in 2018. 86 catches, over 1,400 yards, just under. 1,500 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. Through nine games in 2019, another 53 catches, 903 yards, and eight touchdowns. You know, and ends up getting the injury, goes down for the rest of the year, decides he's going to come back to Stillwater. He's got Spencer Sanders as his quarterback, who's going to be talked about in next year's, in, in the following year's draft, uh, 2022. And then you have Chuba Hubbard at running back. Don't know what it's what the defense is going to look like for, for the pokes there with, with Mike Gundy, but I'll tell you what, that offense with these guys, it's going to be explosive. Rondell Moore, you want to talk explosive. This guy is absolutely that. 5'9", 180. Uh, the junior works out with the, the offensive lineman. This guy you know can squat a... a, a VW bug. I mean, this guy is so strong. Um, you know, 114 catches, over 1,200 yards, 11 touch. I'm sorry, 12 touchdowns as a as a freshman. Uh, 21 carries, 10.1 yards per carry with two touchdowns there, and then a dynamic returner. Um, you know, both as a kickoff and punt up, punt returner. Uh, only got to play in four games in 2019. Battled some injuries, so hopefully he can return to form. He's very fun to watch. So he's another guy in that Big Ten that you really have to keep an eye out for. Uh, I mentioned Seth Williams, 6'3", 224 out of Auburn. I want to see him be more consistent, really step up and be a leader. I thought there was some immaturity that I saw at times there uh, for the Auburn Tiger. Junior, um, over 800 yards this past season. Um, he's somebody to keep an eye out for. I mentioned Sage Surratt earlier, 6'3", 215 pounds, a junior out of Wake Forest. Went over 1,000 yards in just nine games, 11 touchdowns. He's somebody who, you know, just seemed, he reminded me a lot of Michael Pittman Jr., a guy who just was so big, so physical, was difficult to cover and difficult to bring down. I think, you know, Wake Forest, the biggest question mark is, you know, the, the quarterback situation. You've, you've lost Jamie Newman. So, you know, if he can get some quarterback play there to help him out, you know, he's going to be one to watch. I mentioned USC have, they have not one but two receivers to keep an eye out for. Amon Ross St. Brown, 6'1", 195, the junior. Now this is a guy, he, he played in the slot, had Michael Pittman Jr. on the outside, still goes over 1,000 yards, 77 receptions, six touchdowns. He's a slot receiver extraordinaire, a guy who just knows how to get open, very smooth wideout, really fun to watch. Tyler Vaughn's out of USC as well, 6'2", 190 on the outside. You know, this is another guy who's who's a pretty smooth receiver, a guy that can get vertical at times. Um, really want to see him elevate his game, be that leader of that receiving core. Uh, Drake London, if you haven't seen him, he's only a sophomore. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And they also get Brew McCoy and uh, a Kyle Ford added to that receiving core. Keaton Slovis, watch out. Just saying. Um, you know, Diami Brown out of North Carolina, 6'1", 195, went over a thousand yards. You know, he and Sam Howell really had something fun going there. And it's not just, uh, you know, Brown. You also have Daz Newsom, the 5'11", 190 uh, pound slot receiver, over, went, also went over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. Those are two guys to keep an eye out there uh, for the Tar Heels. Uh, mentioned Demonte Coxey earlier, 6'3", 197. Um, you had um, Antonio Gibson on the roster as well, but Demonte Coxey's been the most consistent weapon there in the passing game for uh, Brady White the past two seasons. Back-to-back seasons with over 1,100 yards, 16 touchdowns in those two years. He's going to be a vertical threat, a guy that also likes to work the middle of the field. He's one of the more underrated receivers in this draft class. Nico Collins out of Michigan. You also have Tarek Black, big physical dude, over 6'4", a piece. 
And those are two guys that, look, they're going to be big. They're going to be physical. They can make plays down the football field. I really want to see them elevate their game. Are they going to be more than just the 50-50 ball guys? You know, are they, you know, a one-trick pony? Or can we have these guys, uh, you know, separate down the field? Can they run more routes, you know, the route tree? I want to see see these guys really elevate their game now that uh, Shea Patterson's no longer there. Uh, I mentioned Terrace Marshall. You know, look, 6'4", 200 pounds. He was kind of the forgotten man. He was the, the really the fifth option uh, in that receiving core. He's going to be the guy to really compliment Jamar Chase. Um, he's looking to have a big season. He's only a junior, but he's someone to keep an eye out for. A Wap Fillior, the 5'11", 178-pound junior there at Indiana. 1,000-yard receiver, nice slot option. Uh, Marquez Stevenson, the track guy there for Houston, 6'190", a guy that can definitely get vertical on you. Tutu Atwell, just 5'9", 153, uh, the little uh, spark plug there for the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, 69 catches, over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, very explosive athlete. Um, only a junior, though. I expect him to come back for a senior season. Um, so those are the receivers to kind of keep an eye out for right now. Mentioned tight ends. Kyle Pitts, look, 6'6", 239, the junior. This is a guy who I think is going to run very well. If he runs in the in the four fives, he'll probably be a first-round pick. 54 receptions, 649 yards, five touchdowns. Right now, he's my early, early, early season favorite for that John Mackey Award. Pat Fryermuth, 6'5", 256, a guy who's a decent blocker as well. You know, Pitts and, and Brevin Jordan aren't are more of the receivers on the outside, uh, not as you know, polished as blockers as, as Matt Pratt, uh, Fryermuth is. A guy who was a tremendous weapon for uh, Sean Clifford. They don't have K.J. Hamler um, you know, as a vertical threat. Pat Fryermuth is going to be a guy that's going to be attacking the seam uh, on a consistent basis. Mentioned Brevin Jordan out of Miami, 6'3", 235. You know, another guy who's going to be a speed demon out on the outside. Jalen Weidermeyer out of Texas A&M. He's a redshirt sophomore, 6'5", 260. In one year, 32 receptions, 447 yards, six touchdowns. Tremendous option there for Kellen Mond. He's someone to keep an eye out for. I like Matt Bushman out of BYU, 6'5", 245. And look, this guy just can Continues to get better and better. Past season, four, 47 catches, 688 yards, and four touchdowns. One of those underrated tight end options. I'll give you a big guy that nobody's really talking about out of Iowa State. Charlie Kolar, 6'6", 252. Uh, 51 catches, 697 yards, seven touchdowns. Really turned into a big weapon for Brock Purdy, especially in the red zone. Tremendous length. Keep an eye out for Charlie Kolar. He could be one of those juniors that ends up sneaking into the draft. So I mentioned the, the offensive linemen, or I'm sorry, the offensive tackles to really keep an eye on for the first round. Uh, Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, keep an eye out for him. He was a guy that I was really scouting as a potential day two pick. Decides to come back to Notre Dame for one more season. He's somebody who's one of those fringe first round, more than likely going to be a round two player, but really a solid left tackle. Um, you know, really the biggest thing for him. He didn't get, he only gave up a couple of pressures, no sacks, but uh, 11 false start penalties that he's got to clean up. Uh, Sam Schluter out of Minnesota. I thought he held his own against a lot of the players there in the big, uh, big 10 struggled against AJ Epinesa struggled against Chase Young, but there are a lot of other guys that he, you know, held his own against. Uh, and then on the opposite side there for, for Minnesota, uh, the junior Daniel Fa'alele, Mount Fa'alele. This guy's, you know, 6'8", over 400 pounds, and uh, just a mammoth man. If you, you know, haven't gotten a chance to watch him, he's a lot of fun to watch. And Landon Young out of Kentucky, uh, you know, they had Logan Stenberg, who was drafted in this past year's draft in the fourth round. Landon Young's another guy who I think has a chance to move into day two. Guards, not named Trey Smith, uh, Wyatt Davis, and Cade Mays. Uh, how about Deontay Brown out of Alabama? 
the veteran there for for the group up front for for the Crimson Tide. Jack Anderson's a guy who's who's nasty. Will get in there um, and really fight for you. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out of SC. There's rumors that he may end up you know moving to tackle. His home at the next level is going to be a guard. He thought about coming out and entering the draft, but ultimately is staying there with the Trojans. And then Blaze Andrews out of Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is going to be interesting up front. They've got a lot of really talented offensive linemen blocking there for Tanner Morgan. I expect a big year for him. And then at the center position, not only is Creed Humphrey, you know, there's another junior, uh, the Georgia uh, Bulldog, Trey Hill. I think he has a chance to have a big year and could potentially sneak in his way into that day two conversation as well. Uh, defensively mentioned Gregory Rousseau, the 15 and a half sacks and Carlos Basham, uh, Quiddy pay and Aiden Hutchinson there from, for Michigan, a uh, Quiddy pay six and a half sacks, Aiden Hutchinson, just three and a half sacks. Um, you know, pays a, a senior, a guy who has, you know, he's six, four, two kind of that, you know, can he be a, a five technique potentially? I think he could. Um, but I think more than likely you're looking at him as a defensive end in a 43. I think Aiden Hutchinson, six, six, two seventy eight, absolutely could potentially be that, uh, um, be that that five technique in a 34 defense reminds me a little bit of, of Aaron Smith, you know, who played at, at uh, with the Steelers for a long time. Just you know, had that motor that never quit, and a guy that really worked hard getting after the quarterback. I really like Aiden Hutchinson. Keep an eye out for him. Oklahoma's Ronnie Perkins, six three two fifty one, tremendous coming off the edge. Um, you know, I I really want to see what he can do, and you know, with another year under his belt uh, with Alex Grinch, got into trouble, didn't play in in the playoff. That really hurt Oklahoma because they couldn't really put pressure on Joe Burrow coming off the edge. But Ronnie Perkins is someone to keep an eye out for. Isaiah Loudermilk, huge dude, 6'7", 293 for Wisconsin. Tons of potential, no production. Really want to see him step his game up. Um, you know, Patrick Johnson out of Tulane, 6'3", 250. Probably going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. Doesn't have tremendous size, but 23.5 tackles for loss, 14 sacks for the Green Wave. Someone to keep an eye out for there. Jaquan Bailey out of Iowa State. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of his. Um, coming into the season, he was supposed to be a you know a big playmaker there for the Cyclones. 31 tackles for loss, 18 sacks. Has really, you know, 10 pass breakups, has tremendous length, uh, you know, for a guy who's just 6'2", 255, uh, only played in three se- uh, three games in 2019 in his senior season, had the red shirt, coming back for one more year. I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, if Iowa State really wants to challenge in the Big 12 Conference, Jaquan Bailey's going to have to have double-digit sacks. Uh, Xavier Thomas, now is his time to really shine there at Clemson. He's only a junior, 6'2", 265, kind of undersized, um, really waiting for him to, to have his breakout party. Is he going to be a guy like Carl Lawson? Um, kind of That's kind of what he reminds me of a little bit. Carl Lawson, a little bit, you know, on the shorter side, but still able to get to the quarterback. Look, Xavier Thomas, just five sacks in his two seasons there with the Clemson Tigers. He has to have a big year if he's going to be talked about as a guy in in the first two days of the draft. I'll give you one uh, five technique to keep an eye out for in the Pac-12 conference. Thomas Booker out of Stanford, 6'4", 281, um, you know, 12 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks in his career. Uh, he's somebody to keep a, an eye out for there. And then uh, Coastal Carolina, we're going to talk about uh, Coastal Carolina here for just a second. The Chanticleers. Uh, Teron Jackson, 6'2", 265, 28 tackles for loss, 16 sacks in his career. He's somebody to really get you know get get excited for there with the Chanticleers. I'm going to make sure that I'm tuning in to watch them play just so I can keep an eye on him. Uh, mention Marvin Wilson and what he needs to do. USC has a guy um, in J. Tufele who could end up being the first uh, – 
Trojan drafted in 2021. 6'3", 3'09". Uh, I'm sorry, 305. He's only a junior, but a guy who can put pressure on the quarterback. A guy who you know beats you beats you with quickness. Very quick off the ball. Excellent hands. That's one of the things that you see from USC defensive linemen are the the hand usage. That's one thing that you can always talk about and always see from from USC uh, defensive linemen. He's somebody who's going to beat you. You know, he has tremendous power. He's stout at the point of attack. Guy that can get into, into opposing backfields. He's somebody to keep an eye on as an ascending player in this year's draft. LeBron Ray, 6'5", 292. Um, you know, I think he's going to be, now's his time, you know, there for, for Bama, you know, on the defensive line. He's going to be the leader of that defense, um, at least up front defensively with Dylan Moses leading the linebacking core, Patrick Sertan in the secondary. Uh, mentioned Jalen Twyman. You've got Mustafa Johnson out of Colorado, 6'2", 290. First year as a sophomore with the Buffs, 15.5 tackles for loss, 7.5 sacks, played in only eight games in 2019, struggled with some of the injuries, still had 4.5 sacks in that time. Keep an eye out for Mustafa Johnson. He's somebody who people aren't really talking about, but somebody that I'm you know, really anxious to see get back out on the field, be completely healthy. Uh, to Daryl Slayton is another mammoth dude there for Florida, 6'5", 342. Um, you know, everyone's talking about Tyler uh, Shelvin right now, and rightfully so, what he was able to do there at LSU. Be so, you know, he was the immovable object. Slayton is going to get a chance to be that that starter there for, for the Gators, someone to keep an eye out for. Then you have the Stills brothers, Darius and Dante Stills of West Virginia, um, you know, Don, uh, Darius, 6'1", 292, 15 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks in his career. Um, but then you have Dante, um, who's 6'3", 295, only a junior, but this was this was the playmaker for uh, for the Mountaineers up front. Uh, 14 tackles for loss and eight sacks in 2019, a guy who just continued to make plays in opposing backfields. He's somebody that uh, is going to be an ascending player and someone to really keep an eye out for as well. Jordan Davis, Georgia, 6'6", 330, big dude. Started as a tight end there the last two seasons, played at, at defensive tackle. He's someone who I think, you know, at the nose, if teams are looking for a nose tackle, you know, he's going to be someone who needs to have a big year to really move into that day two conversation, but could be that fourth round pick and really be a nice add for a team. Um, so those are my defensive tackles to keep an eye out for. There's also Levi uh, Amuzurike, on, 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 on uh, for the Huskies, 6'3", 293. Um, you know, he's someone to keep an eye out for, as is Niles Pinkney from Clemson. Uh, on the shorter side, 6'1", 295, compact, but a guy that can make plays in the backfield. Uh, Naquan Jones out of Michigan State is going to get a chance to start there for the Spartans. And then Brandon Peely of USC, 6'4", 325, a big dude there up front. He'll run in that rotation with uh, J2 Fele and Marlon Tuipolotu. Linebackers. Already talked about Micah Parsons. I think he's going to be a special, special guy, a top ten pick in my opinion. You have Dylan Moses who have top, you know, top ten talent. Can he stay healthy? Quincy Roche is your pass rusher. Merlin Robertson, you know, a guy who's who uh, came in as a as a true freshman there for the Arizona State Sun Devils and uh, had 77 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, had an interception as well. Number eight in the middle of that defense there for Arizona State. Has tremendous range, um, tremendous athlete, big dude as well. Someone to keep an eye on. Jo- uh, Joe Tryon of Washington, 6'5", 262, staying in the Pac-12. The junior pass rusher, 12 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks this past season. He's someone definitely have to keep an eye out for. How about Chaz Surratt? Such an interesting case here. 6'3", 230 out of North Carolina. Uh, was a quarterback. You know, I remember him as a freshman. You know, Played in nine games. 
58% completion percentage, over 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns, and, and three interceptions. Um, was also a quarterback in 2018. Moved to uh, linebacker, and that was probably the best decision he could have ever made. Uh, 115 tackles, 15 going for loss, six sacks. You know, this is a guy who you know not only was a volume tackler, knew how to get into the backfield, did a good job diagnosing plays. Look, he was a former quarterback, so he's able to really diagnose those plays at that level and make plays behind the line of scrimmage. He's someone to really keep an eye on, really new to the position, but somebody who I think can make some noise here in in 2020 in the ACC for the Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, Patty Fisher burst onto the scene back-to-back, you know, uh, 110-plus tackle seasons uh, there for the Northwestern Wildcats, 6'4", 246. Kind of had a down year. Really, Northwestern had a down year period in 2019 he's looking to rebound and really get his name back into that conversation in the first round i think you know first mock drafts that came out patty fisher was talked about as a potential first round pick possibly to green bay they needed inside linebacker help um he's trying to work his way back into that uh, jack, uh, jack sanborn look you know he has to prove that um he wasn't just a product of, of zach bond you know, people really having to worry about him. And so uh, Jack Sanborn making plays there for the Wisconsin Badgers. 6'2", 232, the junior. It now is his, you know, I, I keep talking about now it's his chance to, to shine. But Zach Bond's gone. It's Jack Sanborn's defense. Keep an eye out for this kid. Uh, nine tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, three interceptions as well. You know, a guy who makes, you know, just always seems to be around the football. Uh, KJ Britt out of Auburn, six foot, 236, inside linebacker, a guy who likes to uh, make some plays behind the line of scrimmage. Money uh, Rice of Georgia, 6'1, 235, tremendous range there. Uh, a volume tackler, a guy that can drop into coverage a little bit. Um, someone to keep an eye out for, had 89 tackles this past season. Pete Werner. You know, this guy, blue collar type for Ohio State, you know, one of those uh, Ohio State linebackers that you really love to watch. 6'3, 239, um, you know, just a, a consistent player, uh, really does well in coverage. And that's, I think, what's ultimately going to be his calling card is a guy that can drop into coverage, read the quarterback's eyes, and make, make some plays. On the interior, of that uh, that linebacking core is going to be tough. Borland playing the mic, 6'1, 232, um, you know, three year starter at the position. Um, not a flashy guy, another blue collar type, 15 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks in his career as well. Um, Colin Schooler out of Arizona. This guy's a tackling machine over 300 tackles. Look, you know, he fell four tackles shy in 2017 and two tackles shy in 2019 from being a guy that we would talk about as having three straight seasons with over a hundred tackles. That said 119 tackles in 2018, uh, a guy who has 46 tackles for loss, nine sacks, uh, four interceptions, seven pass breakups, 6'1", 239, best linebacker nobody's talking about, and somebody who I think is just going to continue to rise up draft boards because all the guy, the guy does is make plays. If you want a junior linebacker to keep an eye out for that's kind of maybe under the radar a little bit, how about Ernest Jones out of South Carolina? 6'2", 235, tremendous athlete, nine, 97 tackles there at the interior line, uh, at the Mike linebacker for the, the Gamecocks. Um, he and TJ Brunson, there and I guess it really wasn't the mic. I think they were running some of the three four sets, but in, in any event, you know, five pass breakups as well. A guy who can drop into coverage, can make plays behind the line of scrimmage, tremendous range. Uh, I think he could be inside or an outside player. 
Uh, how about Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa for, for Notre Dame? 6'2", 216, undersized linebacker. More of that new age linebacker, though. 80, 80 tackles, 13.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks, 4 pass breakups. A guy who had you know quick twitch player, a guy that can really uh, get off the ball in a hurry, as is Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Look, you had Bradley and I, and you had um, you know Francis, uh, Francis Bernard and Lecky Fotu and John Penasini you know, in that front seven, but Devin Lloyd was a guy nobody talked about. 6'3", 235, 91 tackles, 11 going for loss, six and a half sacks. He's a junior, and uh, that might be his last year for the Utes, you know, if he has a big season. Blake Gallagher, consistent veteran player there for North Northwestern, 6'1", 235, had 127 tackles in 2018, and look, you know, I think everybody kind of had a down year there for the Wildcats in 2019. Uh, Evanston, Illinois, really hoping that they can get Northwestern rockin'. Um, Muhammad Sonogo out of uh, out of Mississippi. You know, this is a sad story there. You know, 6'2", 244, played in just five games as a freshman and, uh, you know, just one game as a junior. That sophomore season, 112 tackles, was really the leader of that defense uh, in the middle there. He's someone that, I, you know, I, I hope can stay healthy because, you know, I think he deserves that. You know, he's one of those guys who can be a playmaker. Uh, Baron Browning, 6'3", 248, um, you know, going to be that guy that's taken over for uh, for Malik Harrison. And in a backup role, still had 11 tackles for loss and five sacks. He's a guy to keep an eye on, you know, there for the Buckeyes. Uh, moving on to the secondary, mentioned Sean Wade, mentioned Patrick Sertan and Paulson Adebo. Who's going to be next in that group? Mentioned Caleb Farley as well. How about Israel Mukuamu out of uh, South Carolina? 6'4", 205. Um, tremendous length. You know, I mean, you don't see too many corners that are uh, – 6'4", but he gambles a lot. You know, I think there's some false steps, and you know some of the receivers with their route running. If you watched him against the likes of, uh, God, especially uh, Jerry Judy, just had him twisted all over the field. Um, you know, he's somebody who I think you know he needs to learn from those mistakes. Um, but teams love the love uh, you know the the length when it comes to the corners. Um, you know, we'd mentioned Patrick Sertan and, 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 uh, and his dad, how about Asante Samuel Jr.? He's got a, you know, a dad that was an NFL player as well. 5'10", 180 pounds, the junior, um, you know, 23 pass breakups in his career, just one interception. You really want to see him, uh, be a playmaker, be, be that ball hawk, but he does have tremendous ball skills. Uh, Eric Stokes, uh, out of Georgia, only a junior, 6'1", 185, uh, 18 pass breakups in his career, has yet to pick off a pass. Little, little concerning there. Little bit of stiffness to his game, but definitely a guy who I think is, uh, you know, a a very more more than serviceable corner there in the SEC conference. Uh, Elijah Molden, I thought was the best uh, defensive. I'm sorry, the best secondary player there for for Washington. The best defensive back, 5'10", 180 pounds, was a guy that I think could really be that nickel corner. Uh, 12 pass breakups, four interceptions there for the Huskies to lead the way. Coney Durr, 5'10", 200. Uh, a corner to really keep an eye on, a guy who just continues to get better and better each and every year. Um, you know, ten pass breakups this past season, and uh, someone to keep an eye out for. I think he was one of the more consistent corners for the Gophers. Um, Oregon, you know, you've got Javon Holland, but they've got a pretty good corner as well in Thomas Graham, 5'11", 197 pounds for for Oregon. Look, you know, a guy who has ten and a half tackles for loss, so he can play up on the line of scrimmage, has eight interceptions, thirty two pass breakups. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's that's you know tremendous, um, you know, production there for for the Ducks. A guy who is a playmaker, as is the guy on the opposite side, a guy who I think is going to be uh be that slot corner at the next level. Diamador Lenore, 5'11", 
Corbin, 202, the senior. Um, look, you know, 21 pass breakups, five interceptions in his career as well. Yet another playmaker there for the Ducks in the secondary. So I think that's a really nice dynamic duo that they have going on there. Darion Kendrick out of Clemson, six foot, 190 pounds, only a junior. Um, you know, he was the guy that was kind of the, the unsung uh, secondary player there, you know, because everybody was talking about AJ Terrell and, and Tanner Muse and, and Kayvon Wallace. Now is his time, so he'll be somebody to keep an eye out for. Can he elevate his game? Chase Lucas is is a fun uh, corner to watch there in the Pac. Pac-12 has got a lot of really good corners. He's six foot, one hundred and seventy six pounds, uh, seventeen pass breakups, six interceptions. A guy who has tremendous ball skills. And and look, you know he he reads, he reacts. Eleven uh, tackles for loss in his career, so he's a guy that flies around to the football, makes plays, wraps up well as a as a tackler. Tyson Campbell's the big corner there for Georgia, six two, one hundred eighty five pounds, the junior. Uh, really want to see him step up, elevate his game, be a playmaker, make a play on the football a little bit. Uh, Josh Job um, is going to be the other starter at the at the cornerback position, 6'1", 189 pounds. The junior, you know, we're going to have to see what he can do there at the position. Uh, Trey Dean and Marco Wilson at Florida. Dean's the junior. I think he has a little bit more uh, juice to him than Marco Wilson does. Um, but a guy who, you know, C.J. Henderson was the guy there, and Marco Wilson was uh, was the other starter. Trey Dean was kind of the forgotten man. Really want to see Trey Dean elevate his game. Marco Wilson, I thought, is kind of you know as a freshman, ten pass breakups. That was really his his best year. Really waiting for him to kind of elevate his game was he only played in one game in 2018, out due to injury. 2019 up and down season. Really want to see him rebound. Uh, KJ Sells uh, transfer from UNC to South uh, South Florida, 5'11", 175 pounds. Uh, a guy who has tremendous ball skills, have 15 pass breakups in his career at North, uh, North Carolina. Problem was he couldn't make plays on the football. Shows up for, for USF and, and ends up picking off three passes for the Bulls. Uh, you have him at one cornerback position, and then on the opposite side, you have Mike Hampton, 6'1", 190. Had a tremendous 2018 campaign. Everyone was expecting him to have a big 2019 year and potentially uh, declare for the draft. Uh, in 2018, two interceptions, 16 pass breakups, and the production really fell off. I thought he struggled. He was gambling a lot more, was guessing, and was really, frankly, getting beat. So there's a lot of bad tape out there for Mike Hampton. He has to really rebound and really you know resurrect that that image that he had uh, established for himself after that sophomore season. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle, one of the best names. He's he's on the all-name team, if nothing else. 21 pass breakups in his career. You know, a guy who I think could be a, a slot corner, play the nickel potentially. Uh, no interceptions, so you always worry when, when a corner doesn't have any interceptions. This is he a guy that can ultimately... Um, Make the make the big play when it's needed, or uh, you know, or, or not. You know that that's really the thing. You know, either you have it or you don't. Um, Ambry Thomas. You know, everyone talked about Lavert Hill there at, at Michigan. Before that, it was David Long. Ambry Thomas now six foot, one hundred eighty two pounds. Really want to see him step up. You know, had three interceptions as kind of the other guy in that secondary. And then we're going to talk about Syracuse's Trill Williams, six two, two hundred. Um, you know, a guy who can play the corner, play the safety. Um, you know, really want to see him elevate his game as well. Another guy who just needs to have some additional production there at the position. He's only a junior, likely to come back for a senior year unless he and uh, and Andre Cisco can have a huge year in the secondary. Talked about Cisco. Talked about Javon Holland already. How about Hamsun Nazaruddin? Six four, two hundred fifteen pounds. Tremendous range. Uh, in in the last two seasons, one hundred ninety two tackles. 
Um, you know, five pass breakups, three interceptions, has tremendous length um, at that safety position. Could he be, you know, bulk up and play linebacker? Possibly, but having, you know, that fluidity in, on the back end uh, and a guy who has tremendous range, you really definitely want to have that. Uh, mentioned Jacoby Stevens already. How about James Wiggins out of Cincinnati? Six foot, 205, big physical safety. Guy who's going to come up and hit you, hit you hard. Didn't play in 2019, out with an injury. Um, but a guy, you know, had four interceptions in 2018 as a sophomore with the Bearcats. He's somebody to keep an eye out for. A lot of fun to watch, as is Richard LeCount. Um, you know, 5'11", 190 uh, out of Georgia. And look, I thought there was a chance he could come out and enter the draft and be a potential top five safety. He's coming back. You know, and, and really, he's somebody who, look, just 61 tackles last year, four of them coming for loss. Uh, four interceptions as well, but you know, he's more of that, that that center fielder. So you're not going to necessarily see him making a ton of plays, but he always puts himself in a position you know, over the top to be in the right place at the right time. So he's somebody who I think is an intelligent player, high football IQ. Same goes for Caden Stearns out of Texas. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Just played in nine games in 2019, 6'1", 205. Playmaker there for the, for the Longhorns. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga out of USC. If you haven't gotten to watch him play, 6'1", 220 pounds. This dude is a heat-seeking missile um, who really has no regard for his body. I mean, this is a guy who you know, comes in and he needs to wrap up a little bit better. He doesn't really wrap up all that well, um, but he's going to come in with reckless abandon, lower his shoulder, and really try to, to hurt you. Um, and he's injured both of his shoulders as a result. Need to keep him out on the football field. Watch 15 fly around and make plays. Only played in eight games as a, as a freshman, 10 games as a junior. As a junior, he still had 90 tackles, seven and a half coming for loss, three and a half sacks. Um, a guy who just flies around to the football, comes downhill, instinctive, reads and reacts and really makes plays. And uh, he was really the, the heart and soul of that USC defense, a guy that was really able to fly around on the back end of that defense for, for the Trojans. Reed Blankenship, uh, out of Middle Tennessee, 6'1", 196, um, you know, a year removed from um, a tremendous sophomore season, 107 tackles, eight tackles for loss, four interceptions, seven pass breakups. Um, you know, he, he's really going to be the the leader there for the blue uh, the Blue Raiders in the secondary. Only played in seven games in 2019. You want to really see him return to form. Keep an eye out for him. Richie Grant out of UCF, another guy who had a tremendous 2018 season. Um, you know, six interceptions, over 100 tackles. In 2019, teams kind of shied away from him a little bit. Only one uh, one pass that he was able to pick off, but you still saw the ball skills, eight uh, pass breakups. Um, he's a, a solid um, safety option there out of the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Florida will have two guys to keep an eye on. Donovan Ste- uh, Steiner out of, uh, let's see, 6'1", 203. Jawan Taylor, 6'1", 206. And... Uh, you know, a couple of guys who really you kind of have to keep an eye out for. Juwan Taylor um, filled in as a, as a starter, played in just 10 games this past season. Um, you know, hasn't really you know seen the field a, a whole lot. Now is going to be the time for him. Uh, Donovan Siner has six interceptions uh, coming in the last two seasons, so he'll be one to watch out for. Uh, another player from Northwestern, how about J.R. Pace, 6'1", 205. Um, this is a guy who... Um, Ball skills definitely has him. Twelve pass breakups, but seven interceptions. You know he's one of those guys. Um, you know the, last, the first two seasons played really well. Had a, a subpar 2019 season. Really, that Northwestern Wildcat team. Everybody did. I think that's the year that Pat Fitzgerald would just like to forget about. Hopefully, they can rebound. And you know if that 
that Northwestern defense can really get things going. They'll be a difficult team, a difficult out for any of those top programs there in the Big Ten. And then finally, one other name to keep an eye out for is Ashari Crosswell. Uh, will be the leader there along with uh, with, with Chase Lucas uh, with the Sun Devils, six foot one ninety six, the junior uh, with nineteen pass breakups and six interceptions in in his first two seasons there in Tempe. He's going to be someone again. Keep an eye out for him. He's a guy who has tremendous ball skills. Definitely on display this past season. You know he'll get a chance to step up and and be one of the leaders of that defense. So those are just a few of the guys that I'm going to be keeping an eye on here in twenty. Uh, in, in 2020, the 2020 season, uh, it's kind of hard to believe that you know, we've we've put together 41 podcasts for the 2020 podcast series. I hope that you've enjoyed the ride. I know that I have. You know, really getting to watch Joe Burrow emerge as this talent. You know, and, and talking about Tua Tonga Vailoa and, and tanking for Tua with Miami and what all of that looked like, and then he goes down to that that hip injury. Um, you know, a lot of different storylines. I talk about storylines, you know, at nauseum. You know, if, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, but it's so true. Every draft is going to have that narrative, and what's that narrative going to be? You know, and, and you know, you had. Baker Mayfield at the top. Who was going to be the number one quarterback there? You had the five quarterbacks ultimately taken there in round one. Kyler Murray going number one overall in 2019. 2020, you have Joe Burrow. You have uh, Tua Tango-Vailoa, some of that drama. Justin Herbert, where was he going to go? Where was he going to slide? He ends up going number six overall. And then Green Bay trading up to get Jordan Love. I think those are going to be some of the narratives that we'll be talking about when it's all said and done. Chase Young, number two overall. The you know the big playmaker. I think he's destined for success, um, but you know the, really the question is going to be: Can he live up to the hype? Can he live up to those expectations? He's been able to do it so far at Columbus. I hope he can continue that stretch. And here's one of the things that I really would love to see to start out the 2021 season. If we could somehow get uh, Washington, the Redskins, to play whoever drafts Panay Sewell, I want to see that match of Panay Sewell against Chase Young. Frankly, I'd love to see uh, you know Panay Sewell against J.J. Watt, against Miles Garrett, against all the all of our top pass rushers, you know Khalil Mack, because this is this is a guy I'm telling you, you know, if you haven't gotten to watch him play, he's a special special talent. You don't see too many tackles that you know this athletic, um, you know, and this powerful this often. You know, a guy who's just you know he's a, he's a technician as well. So you have a lot of the athletes who are raw. This guy has a ton of ability, um, you know, and, and is already, you know, a, a guy who doesn't make too many false steps. You know, can he stay healthy though? Because he did battle injuries, uh, you know, as a freshman, sophomore season, absolutely dominant. I don't anticipate anything being different uh, in 2020. Let's hope for a a 2020 season. You know, I hope that uh, even if we have a late start to the season, I hope that we can get that season under our belt. And, and really be able to watch some great college football. And frankly, you know, an NFL season as well. Um, I know that later on in the week, the NFL is going to be releasing their schedule for the 2020 season. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get to some semblance of normalcy, you know, with this pandemic, um, you know, sheltering in place. Uh, we know that we're not going to see a ton of large crowds. Some, you know, states are going to have be more strictly mandated than some others, which is why you'll have some some difficulty with um, some of the. Um, 
really some of the, the teams there from a collegiate standpoint and really with the NFL as well. So I don't know, you may have some parts of the country where you may have packed houses versus other areas where you may only have you know partial stadiums. Is that going to be fair? How's the NCAA going to handle that? Um, you know, can we still have uh, some social distancing in these stadiums have limited capacity? When you think about it, you know, when you think about the NFL and you think about the, you know, college football, not having the fans, you know, that's really going to affect, you know, a lot, you know, when you're talking about the economy, that affects so many people that affects, you know, millions upon millions, you know, billions, frankly, of, of dollars of revenue that, that, uh, you know, for the league, for, for college football as well, in the NCAA, but it's for all of those vendors, all the local, local vendors, you know, and, and that's their livelihood. That's their business. That's really what they count on. So I'm hoping, you know, for them, I'm hoping for, for the fans, I'm hoping for the players, Everybody has has some skin in the game with this, so I really hope that we can get to some semblance of normalcy, so we can have, you know, a a football season. You know, I'm I'm a football fan. You know, I'm a ba- baseball fan. I'm a basketball fan. I love hockey. I love all sports, but football has always been my first true love. And you know, I know baseball's America's pastime, but. Football is truly American, and, and that's one of the things that you really want to get back to is watching American football, you know, wa- being able to watch the NFL, watching college football, and you know, I think all's well in the world when you're able to, to really be able to turn on and, and watch those games on a Saturday or a Sunday, um, well, I guess, or a Monday or a Thursday or in college. You have some of those Friday night games too, but I digress. Let's hope for that 2020 season. Hopefully I've given you something to think about, some players to keep an eye out for. There are a lot of guys that were going to be out there. We had 255 guys drafted from Joe Burrow to Tate Crowder. Who's going to be the number one overall pick? Will it be Trevor Lawrence? Will it be Penny Sewell? Will somebody rise to the occasion like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow have in previous seasons? It's going to be interesting. I can't wait. And I promise you, I'll be studying some tape. I'll be taking a look at my notes. I'll be making sure that I'm prepared so that come August, hopefully as long as we're having that that season going forward, in August, I'll bring to, to you the 2020 podcast season. The first episode, we'll take a look at the players. You know, Take a look at my top 10 for each of the positions. A lot of these guys that I mentioned will probably be in that top 10. Some other guys to take a look at. We'll take a look at some of the matchups to watch out for as we get into the season as well. And then we'll do all this all over again. Hopefully we'll do another 40 to 41 uh, podcast for the 2021 season. So with that, the 2020 podcast series is a wrap for readyforthedraft.com. This has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Hopefully, you know, everyone's been safe. Hopefully you, you enjoy a, a, a good 2020, you know, as, as good as it can be. You know, stay safe, be well, take care, everyone. And on that note, I am out of here.